You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Brought to you by MyPlates.com. Upgrade your license plate at MyPlates.com. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. Welcome to Speed City on Super Bowl Sunday. It's halftime. I wonder if anybody's listening, Les. <laughs> listening? There's commercials going on. Oh, that's true. There people, you know what? Uh, uh, yeah, they can tune in If later. you're listening Don't tonight, worry. then you are a true gearhead. If yeah. you're away from all your friends and family watching the Super Bowl. But thanks for tuning in to Speed City. It's John Massengill. It's Les Kaiser. And we've got Jonathan Green calling in from New Zealand at the Toyota Racing Series. Mr. Green, how's it going, dude? Good. Is that the same as the Chili Bowl? It's very similar. It's, it's, uh, it's slightly larger than the Chili Bowl and smaller than the Puppy Bowl or whatever that puppy thing is. They do. Okay. Uh, okay. I got <laughs> So, Mr. Green, uh, you not only is it Monday, so you're in the future, but you are also yes. you are also looking at what probably the Formula One season of uh, 19, uh, 2019, 2020 with all the Formula, young Formula One drivers you got over there. Yeah, we're, we're very much looking through the eyeglass of the future here, down here at the moment. And that has been, over the last 13 years, what the Toyota Racing Series has been all about. We do. We've done it again. We've got down to the final three races of the year, which is next weekend, and the New Zealand Grand Prix. And we really do have um, a bunch of teenagers who I think are very much on their way to Formula One. In fact, some of them have already got Formula One names attached to them, like Ferrari uh, and Sahara Force India and Red Bull. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. been a really, really interesting month. Well, we're going to talk a ton about the Toyota Racing Series you, with Mr. Green. Also, we're going to talk some Formula One because there's been some interesting little things developing there with Liberty Media. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit of MotoGP. Apparently, they've got some bikes hitting the, hitting the track, uh, oh, yeah. uh, testing tires and uh, new kinds of spark plugs and oil and whatever else they're doing right now. <laughs> Les is looking at me like, what are you talking about? Uh, see, you know, i got to say why John feels a little distracted. He went out and played in a CTSV yesterday. I did. And and I, I went and got in a CTSV and immediately I shut the door and it started raining. I mean, imagine a CTSV. So in drifting the rain. ensued. Yeah. I mean, it was literally no. And the salesman. Yeah. round <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he was uh he was nervous let's put it that way after a few punches uh, yeah. stabs of the throttle but uh yeah that was it was not not near as satisfying as you as you'd expect to be driving around in a ctsv but hey let's uh let's see what else we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk uh toyota racing formula one motor gp and a little bathurst 12 hours yesterday that was pretty cool just a little 12 hours worth that was you know that's a great race i'm gonna encourage you folks if you haven't paid attention to it check it out you'll find it on uh, like motor trend on demand definitely has it have great coverage on it it's a 12-hour race this year they started about like 4 30 or 5 30 in the morning so it was still dark when they started the race and the sun came up and the sun went down seems like it's a song but anyway they raced all day and that course they run on is a really really tight course i mean some there are in some areas there truly is zero runoff think uh, monaco think you know things like that uh, there's actually a corkscrew very much like laguna seca on the track as well with zero runoff hey jonathan have you ever been to bathurst 
You know, I haven't, and it's it's on my bucket list of, of races to go to. And, and Les is right. What I think makes a Bathurst so amazing, it's it's their Daytona. You know, it's their Daytona um, equivalent, if you like, because all the best and good come out and race it. And it's become more and more prestigious over the years. But I think Les is right. The biggest thing about it is it's like a really – it's all around the, 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 the mountains, and it's just twisty and tight. And to concentrate for that amount of time – I mean, it's not like a Daytona or a Sebring where, you know, you're relatively flat. You're going uphill and down dale and coming around blind corners. It's really, really a massive test and a great race, as he says. And it's now started to attract. It used to be very much an Australian event with the occasional foreigner. Now, you know, Tony Vlander and the very best come come and take part in it. So it's really good. Well, you know, I mean... You know, some of the names we've heard of that are there, certainly the Aussie V8 guys are there in full force and uh, really had a good time. Earl Bamber was on course this weekend as well. And so, you know, these are folks that we're going to see here at Circuit America, see them at Daytona some. It's a, it's a great collection of folks from around the world that uh, run down there in, you know, what we still kind of consider their off-season. They're not quite kicking off. They're just barely catching these one-off races. But it's a great collection of drivers. Well, it was fun because they had a great, um, they had a great stream of it. You could watch it on the web. You could watch it on Motor Trend on Demand as well. But they, uh, they had, uh, they had a, it was it was very good. They had the guys from Radio Le Mans doing the commentary, and it uh, it was fun to watch. And I watched it just like, just like Daytona or any others. Watch it on multiple devices, and you can. Uh, I was keeping up with it when I was out out and about, so it was pretty cool. But uh, it was. Pretty much that Ferrari and AMG show pretty much the weekend, and apparently it got pretty... I actually missed about the last 20 minutes. I fell asleep, but... uh but it was. Uh, but it wasn't pretty, because of the race. You obviously no. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I'm kind of sick this weekend. But yeah, I, I watched probably three or four hours of the total twelve. But uh, but apparently, I saw Take the clips. Note, Les, if we do if we do an endurance race, we know we won't put him in for the last stint. <laughs> right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But I, I know you guys have seen the clip of when the Ferrari went off track, going around the AMG, and was throwing up dirt and. That was uh, that was that was a crazy good end of that race. Yeah. It really was, and you know both you know there we are again with a a twelve hour race that still comes in that close at the finish, and you know there were there were some questionable passes or some contact, you know, and obviously there was a really a really close near miss, you know, when we had the Audi slam the wall. And then the field passes by him. He got hit three more times. And, you know, I'll say they're bumps, uh, not seriously hit. But it was really just interesting to see how all of that played out in that narrow course. And then uh, we were laughing as the ops truck comes over and they load up the uh, Audi. And the ops truck hustles pretty quick down whatever they call their corkscrew. But uh, yeah. with the car on back, it, uh, the guy was having fun. Uh, one of my favorite things about, about the Bathurst, and, and this is a this is a long-standing tradition, is the tractors they used to pull the cars off the track. They just look like a regular old. John you think they Deere. didn't just hire the farmers along there? Hey, if one crashes like. here in front, of, can you yank them off for us? But it, I know why it's on your bucket list, Jonathan, because it was gorgeous. I was looking at the long shots. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And also, because the Aussie fans are what they are, um, it's a festival. You know, it's massive. It's a, it's it's their Le Mans in very much in a lot of ways because everybody camps out and everybody goes down. It's a big festival, you know. 
All right. Well, guys, we're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to continue. We're going to talk a lot about the Toyota Racing Series because it's getting down to the wire. We're four weeks, four sessions in. We got uh, one last week with three races. And then, of course, we're going to talk Formula One, MotoGP, and more. You listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas, back after a quick break. The 57 Chevy, a Rembrandt painting, the little black dress. When you're a classic, you never go out of style. And now, MyPlates.com proudly announces the return of the classic black Texas license plate for the first time since 1968, featuring a cooler, timeless look and a bolder style. Visit MyPlates.com today to order this legendary classic black Texas license plate for your car or truck. Classic black is back at MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MB Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at MotoAustin.com. There's nothing like getting on a motorcycle and exploring the hill country for the day. What about taking that bucket list ride of a lifetime to some far-off destination or event? We're here to tell you that you don't have to own a motorcycle because with Lone Star Moto Rentals, you can rent a Ducati, BMW, KTM, or other premium motorcycles. Visit LoneStarMotoRentals.com. That's LoneStarMotoRentals.com. And come ride. made the right choice. Talk 1370. My name is Christina Nelson and this is Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. When we left, we're talking about the Bathurst 12-hour race that was on this weekend and just going to wrap up that. Hey, you know, we, we at least have to acknowledge one of our buddies from when Aussie V8s come, came to the U.S., Jamie Wincup. Yeah. Was out in front at the end. Congrats, Jamie. Yeah, we had a bunch we of We want to see you guys back. I know. We I got know. Okay, what can we do to get those guys back? We can't get a full-fledged you know, Australian V8 supercar race. Can we do, like, some kind of mixed race just here? And, you know, I don't care what they come back in. There was such a fun, entertaining crowd to be around. The Speed City 12 Hours, is that what you're saying? Hey, there we go. There we go. What are we going to put them in? <laughs> I, I, Shopping I, carts? <laughs> doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was, think, I was considering our budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I understand where you're coming from. That makes way more sense now. <laughs> yeah, so the the guys, uh, Jimmy Wincup and... 
and the AMG team was way up in the heat, and they were definitely battling with the Ferraris. And there were several bumps. The, the AMG seemed to generally come out uh, at, at the worst end of it, but it was definitely a great race to, to see. And like I said, go back to the piece that we were talking about. Motor Trend On Demand has put up a great segment on it, and... Uh, Get some popcorn. Sit down and get comfy. It's a great race to watch. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the Toyota Racing Series because Jonathan's down there, and you sent us back some great interviews. We're going to play some of those with the, the leaders in the series right now. And But, Jonathan, let's set it up a little bit further. I know over the last few weeks we've talked about it, but what we, you know, I want to make sure that everybody understands, and you alluded to it at the very top of the show. We're talking about the connections to the Formula One teams, the Ferrari team. The next team. generation. Yeah, and but the direct connections right now, and there's multiple drivers right now that have connections to to Formula One teams. Yeah, the, the series has grown. I mean, it's now in its 13th year, and, it, and it's grown um, in, in prestigiousness, A, because of when it is. It's in the New Zealand summer and therefore our winter or the Northern Hemisphere's winter. So there's no racing. So it can attract IndyCar drivers from um, the States, and it can attract um, up-and-coming single-seater drivers from Europe uh, and South America, which it has. Um, but it also seems to be the breeding ground or testing ground, if you will, um, for some of these Formula One teams. And so Sahara Force India have an academy driver, which doesn't mean anything necessarily unless suddenly you start to achieve greatness and then suddenly you're the next Verstappen, if you know what I mean. Uh, and like I said with Richard Vashore, who is kind of almost um, you know a doppelganger in many ways because he's got the Red Bull outfit. He's mm-hmm. a young 16-year-old Dutchman. And, and he's fast and quick and, and, and very good indeed. And, and it looks as though he's going to be teaming up with another young American, um, Verhagen, this week, this this season in Formula Renault. Um, and normally you wouldn't hear about them, but they get a lot of TV coverage. They get a lot of profile coverage. Uh, and they get to race in their first ever Grand Prix. And it gets, you know, a lot of coverage down here. And um, <clears throat> I think it's certainly, you know, making its way in terms of uh, getting worldwide exposure it's shown in about 90 countries um, and we've also got Ferrari Academy with, and in fact, a, a New Zealand driver in uh, Marcus Armstrong. Um, and then finally, we've got Sahara Force India are also involved with a young Indian driver. And that would be a really fascinating thing because, you know, Sahara Force India, the old Jordan team, run by an Indian uh, in, in uh, Malia, BJ Malia, but they've never had um, an Indian driver uh, to represent them. And, and um, Jahan Daruvala, they just may well have. So it, it's getting really interesting. Yeah, that is awesome with all those connections and, and of course, the future. I mean, it's like I was saying earlier. The, these are the guys that we expect to see racing in Formula 1 or, or, or who knows where. You know, they could go to GP2 and all the others, but they could also end up in IndyCar. You never know where these guys are or even sports cars. So, uh, and, you know, like Shelby Blackstock. Yeah, I'm going to say, talking of that, um, Shelby Blackstock probably came here. He's 26. Um, you know, we know the Reba McIntyre story, all that sort of thing. But he is probably the most experienced driver here with two seasons of Indy Lights under his belt and about to go back again. He's been top 10 in Indy Lights, um, but hasn't really pulled up too many trees. Um, and I think he came here expecting to at least be competitive, given that most of the kids he's up against are 16 and 17 ex-Carters. Um, 
Um, but frankly, I think he's had a baptism of fire because he struggled somewhat, mainly in qualifying. And they only get two 20-minute qualifying sessions, and that decides the grids. And if you're in the midfield uh, of this pack of 20, it's really hard to overtake. The, t- the tracks are tight. Um, they're not like European tracks or even like um, Indy Lights tracks uh, or ovals, obviously, uh, where there's a lot of room to, to, to you know take time to to build on an overtake. This is all about chancing. This is all about, you know, uh, split seconds of, right, can I can I dive up the inside and can I make that move? So it kind of suits the Carters. Um, and, and Shelby definitely, by his own admission, uh, has struggled. Well, I'm looking at the standings, Jonathan. So right now we've got Thomas Randall, Richard Verschur, Pedro Piquet, Marcus Armstrong, Harant, uh, Jahan Daruvala and the top five, and all those guys are, so those are, the points with those guys are from 692 down to 590-something. So you got the top five within 100 points, but, so we've got three races left, and what'd you say, 75 points per race? So this yeah, is... Yeah, well, that's what makes it interesting. It's wide open. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes it interesting is that the point system is nothing like Formula One. You get 75 points for a win and then down through 68, you know, so so you can still finish fifth and score well. But the key is not to DNF, not to get into a crash and score nothing, because um, like you say, the guy in fifth place uh, only needs 75 points. He's right back in there uh, if the others crash out. So, yeah, it's wide open. And like each race is 75 points uh, for a win so there is like you say uh, almost 200 points up for grabs if you want to win it win the lot and then the grand prix the final grand prix the at manfield is is 35 laps so that's another 15 laps more than they're used to doing so it's really going to test them physically and to give you an example I, I said it's the middle of summer the track temperature this weekend was 55 degrees and and that is well hot uh it's uh, blisteringly hot so um and there's a worry about tires you know so if it continues to be that hot it's going to be very interesting physically now i saw a photo that was tweeted out by one of the guys down there with uh, by barry barry tomlinson he tweeted out a picture of i think it was Corey ender's car up on two wheels like way up on two wheels like 45 degree i'm looking at the bottom of his car yeah yeah Corey's just ah for whatever reason the boy from houston can't get a break uh he's been crashed into he was at taupo he was dragged out of the gravel at uh this weekend uh, after an incident in the first corner uh and and he can't buy a he can't buy a break he really can't and he's a lovely bloke he's a really nice guy as you know he, he works with speed group um with tony's team um and he's probably the least experienced of the drivers out there but he's probably gained the most out of his experience because he's really come on and his race pace and race craft is really good um he just he just seems to get hit. he's a target for whatever reason well maybe, maybe it's his Maybe it's his Sugarland Mercedes contract that they don't like, but um. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we uh, let's play a couple of these interviews, Jonathan? Let's let's start with this with Thomas Randall. You want to set it up just a little bit? Sure. Yeah, Thomas Randall is the twenty-year-old. Um, uh, Australian who has just come out of British Formula 3. He probably has uh, the most experienced of those guys he's taking on outside of Jahan Daruvala. Um, but, I mean, he is destined to go back to the UK 
uh, and get into sports car driving. And he's hoping to sort of follow in sort of Weber's footsteps and and get into work and do it do it that way because he doesn't feel that he's got the finances to go Formula One. But this could all change if he wins this series. And so far, um, you know, he, he, I wouldn't say he's come out of nowhere. We knew he was going to be a factor, but he's managed to chase down for sure. And this weekend took the uh, took the audacity to go one better, and he's now leading the championship. So I spoke to him after a weekend whereby he didn't win anything, but he now leads the championship. So uh, he's uh, he's got his tail up for sure. Okay, Speed City fans, we've had a fantastic weekend in Taupo here in New Zealand, and we have a new championship leader. He is the one and only Thomas Randall. We've been following his progress, uh, and now, Thomas, delighted for you. Uh, great weekend, um, a hard-fought one too, but uh, you're leading the championship going into the final round. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. It's uh, It's been a dream weekend. I mean, we, we didn't actually get a win or a pole position, but you know, to, to come away with the championship lead going into Manfield is, is definitely a, a key thing for me, and a, a big positive. Uh, so, if I can hold it for another three races, then that would be uh, bloody awesome. It's going to be tight. Uh, Vashore, who was leading the championship coming into this round, didn't have the best of weekends, and obviously that's helped you a little bit um, in terms of the points. Um, but let me t- let me first of all start by talking about race three because, boy, that was a, a great battle to watch. Uh, probably not as much fun to do because you were trying to get into third place ahead of Habsburg, who was effectively defending his two teammates who were first and second, Marcus Armstrong first and Deruvler in second. Yeah. Well, at the start of the race, he did a great job of letting uh, PK slip by me. So uh, I managed to get him back after the safety car, or after the red flag period. And then I was really fighting with, with Habsburg the whole way. And, I mean, he was definitely holding us up. There was a train of cars, I think, from 3rd to 12th, and Derubler was gone. So I was really trying to get on the podium, and he definitely didn't make it easy for me. But uh, we, we had a few coming togethers. Uh, <laughs> very lucky to get away with the one at Turn 1. But, you know, we finished the race in really good points ahead of PK and Vashore who were my two championship rivals. Uh, so to have, a, I think it's a 27-point lead over Vashore going into Manfield is excellent. And again, your experience, because you have done this championship before, is going to pay because whether you like it or not, there's just that extra added pressure. It's the 60-second running of the Grand Prix. Uh, it's going to be a big crowd, and it just adds a little bit more pressure, and it's even a longer race as well, that feature race. Yeah, and I mean, the, the longest race we have at the moment is 20 laps, and Manfield, even though it's only a 62-second lap, it's going to be 35-lap race. And I'm sure there's going to be safety cars, potentially red flags. So it's going to be all about keeping you cool. Uh, and as I saw this weekend, qualifying is such a key. You know, I, I qualified fifth and fourth, but for sure was eighth and eighth. And you know, now I'm leading the championship. So I really need to up my qualifying game and sort of get back to where I was at Teratonga and Hampton Downs. So if I could take another couple of pole positions, I think that would be uh, a great step forward in trying to get the championship. It's, um, it's a lottery as well, though, this championship. 75 points for a win. And there are now, what, five drivers, all capable now with Armstrong getting another win, uh, have taken the title. So one mistake could be, you know, vital. But also, it's a case of being there at the end of the weekend uh, with so many points for a win. Well, I think that the top four now realise what's at stake. And I don't think anyone's going to try any big risks going into the final round. So everyone's going to be pushing like hell and qualifying. So, I mean, if we can qualify at the front, front row... That's, that's really going to help the championship's case. Uh, and I've just got to try and finish in front of Richard and, and PK at this stage. You know, if 
if I finish behind Derivla or Marcus by one or two positions, I don't think that's going to be too big of a deal. But the, the main thing is to finish in front of Vashore and, and uh, PK. You've just come off on a successful British Formula 3 championship, a couple of wins there, a few pop positions. And I mean, everybody comes here to hone their skills for next season. Uh, you look to be right on top of your game now. I mean, you must be doing, you must have got out of this what you wanted, regardless of what happens next weekend. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, British F3 taught me a lot. It's all about what happens in the first round, I believe. Uh, and I had a shocker of a first round at Snedderton. You know, the first race I, I DNF'd and I had to come all the way back from last. And by the end of the first round, I was 10th in the standings, whereas here I was second and three points off. So, you know, it, it's just it's just all about the frame of mind. And when, you, when you're coming out of, out of the first round with a really good frame of mind, knowing that you're only three points behind, it definitely helps. And being able to claw back the 22-point gap we had from the last round and now switch it around to a 27 or 28-point lead is, is really positive for me. So I've got a really good mindset going into the last round. And Americans uh, listening to Speed City will be able to tune on to, into this uh, on Motor Trend On Demand. It's probably worth a watch, though, especially with the onboards and everything, because we've had some great racing. Definitely. And I think you're really going to enjoy the onboards from that last race, especially. Congratulations on your championship lead, and we'll see you next weekend. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Cheers. Yeah, Jonathan, this is a really tight race, and he sounds like a great kid, too. But, hey, we got to jump straight to a break. But uh, when we come back, we're going to have a little more on the Toyota Racing Series. We're going to talk some Formula One in the second part of the show and some MotoGP. Listen to Speed City, live from Austin, back after these messages. I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Want to drive your car at speed on Circuit of the Americas? Edge Addicts is your source for more Coda events and more Coda track time. Whether you're looking to host your own event or just be a part of the action, Edge Addicts can get you in the driver's seat and racing like a pro. All levels of drivers and all types of cars are welcome, with instructors available for first-time and novice drivers. Life is short, and adventure is around every corner. So plan your high-adrenaline experience with Edge Addicts at edgeaddicts.com. Edge Addicts, it's better when you're driving. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. 
Red Eye Radio with your hosts, Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. On the Sunday night, Monday morning show, back from a big weekend as it's the end of football season. And we continue crazy season as the left reacts to everything Donald Trump does. And Eric will tell you about the IRS. It's moving to revoke passports now for unpaid taxes. Stay awake with Red Eye Radio, overnights on Talk 1370. Take Talk with you anywhere. On your computer or smartphone, log on to Talk1370.com. A beautiful, beautiful site. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. This is the best in talk radio. This is the Dave Ramsey Show. It's the stuff we teach, and we do it over and over and over and over and over and over, and it still works. Why? Because it's the truth, and the truth does not change depending on your generation. The truth does not change depending on what decade it is. The truth does not change depending on the economy. The only difference is is that when things are going really good, stupid can be covered up, and I start to feel like it's smart. Weekdays at 11 on Talk 1370. CBS News Update. The first half of the Super Bowl belonged to the Atlanta Falcon. CBS's Steve Futterman joins us live from Houston. And Pam Boy did it right now at halftime. The Falcons are shocking the favored New England Patriots 21-3. The Falcons scored their three touchdowns in that second quarter to take a 21-0 lead. New England made a field goal in the final seconds of the half. Meanwhile, the halftime show has just ended, and what a show it was featuring Lady Gaga. She rocked the house with an acrobatic performance of many of her biggest hits. The halftime show ended with fireworks. Now we await the second half of football. Pam? And in a first, Pope Francis recorded a message designed to be shown on the giant screens around the stadium. He says he hopes the game provides a sign of peace, friendship, and solidarity for the world. CBS News Update, I'm Pam Coulter. On air, online, and on your smart device. Talk 1370 is the right choice. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back on this Super Bowl Sunday. You think he's still celebrating from last weekend's win at 24 hours of Daytona? I bet he is. I bet that was something that uh, is a big deal to Jeff Gordon. I I still I totally agree. That had to be a uh, a bucket list item, even for somebody you know with all those championships he's got. Yep. Hey, so Mr. Green down there in New Zealand, that was a cool interview you did with um, on your last one on your last interview there with your your boy who's leading the championship. But but you got to. Got caught up with a couple more of these guys. I mean, Thomas Randall's obviously uh, in the driver's seat, no pun intended, but he's only, what, 30 points ahead of her sure. And, yeah. uh, but when you, and you got an interview with him. What, once you set that interview up. Yeah, it's actually 27 points in total uh, between the two of them. And like I said, 75 for a win. And in fact, any of the top five, if any of the top five fail to, to score a point-scoring race, are back in this championship immediately from all the way down to last year's runner-up, Jahan Daruvala, who's the Sahara Force India. But um, the guy that's really impressed me is Richard Vashore because he had a bad weekend this weekend by his sort of standards of what he set out because he, he started winning it second round. He took two wins there and he's been consistently on the podium. Um, but for whatever reason, he couldn't get it together. But what I was impressed with is... 
and you'll hear the interview, you know, he's kind of, he's typically Dutch about it. He's phlegmatic about it because he's only 16, but he wasn't getting surly and fed up with himself. He was very mature about uh, not understanding what, what went wrong, but uh, he's keeping his tail up. So this is Richard Bashaw for the Red Bull Junior Formula One team. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm here with the man of the moment from the Netherlands, Richard Bashaw. And Richard, tough weekend in many ways compared perhaps to the other weekends because you've been so dominant. Um, was it a tougher weekend? Yeah, definitely. Already from the first session on, we struggled a lot. Um, yeah, we didn't get quicker, so we really got slower a bit. So, yeah, I have no idea where we're from, and we also didn't know how to solve it, for sure. It's a lack of experience as well. Um, but for me, in some sessions, we are so far off this. It was not the only experience for me. Um, so we were struggling with all the team and just to get it right. And at the end, we didn't get it right, and we had to be happy with, with seven and eight. I'm going to say, to be honest, I think, I mean, you are still a youngster, and I think what you proved this weekend was you have the tenacity to understand that to win a title, you have to take the occasional seventh or eighth, because let's just take last race, uh, race three, uh, in the battle with Leach. That could have gone so horribly wrong for you, and you could have scored nothing, but you stuck in there. Yeah, definitely, but I always like to, to, to fight with uh, Leach, uh, with Brendan. Um, yeah, we are both fairly fair, um, for sure, was on the limit, and we also touched sometimes, and, you know, it was amazing fight. And I learned loads, and at the end, it's I'm here to learn. Um, so I think it was a really good race, and now um, start from zero again to Manfield. And yeah, how do you feel about that? I mean, it's going to be a frenetic weekend, a busy weekend, and 35 lap last uh, race for the Grand Prix, which of course for the Kiwi fans is massive. Um, it may not mean too much at the moment, but um, for them, it's 62 years in history. Um, are you sort of kind of mentally prepared for for the, a really big weekend for your career? Yeah. I Already, like from the beginning on, like even before I came in, Manfield was uh, was a track I most look forward to. Um, yeah, and especially to end it with 35 laps is amazing, of course. So um, hopefully, you have some better pace and be at the front. All right. Well, best of luck and thank you well. Thank you. Yeah, Jonathan. Good point with him is that he he had a bad weekend and here he is sitting still second place, 27 points out. Yeah, exactly. And I think. Um, even though he's going into the dark, he's never seen the track he's going to. He hasn't seen any of them before. Um, I, you know, he, I wouldn't bet against him. Um, I think it really is going to come down. And, and the other one is Piquet. Piquet's, um, this is his third time down in New Zealand. He's coming off a bad season. And, of course, is the son of three-time world champion um, Nelson Piquet. And he's 18. Um, and he, too, is starting to, to really shine. So it really is anybody's race. Uh, and having said all of that, the other guy, which all of New Zealand is really starting to wake up to is Marcus Armstrong because he's just 16. He won two races at the weekend and has put himself back into contention. And, and Ferrari, in fact, it's interesting. He wasn't picked up by Ferrari here in New Zealand. He's been racing um, Tony Karts and uh, at a world level in Europe for quite some time now. So he left as a kid uh, to go and race in Europe. And um, he's been picked up by Ferrari. So they are very serious about him. And we always know that the Ferrari Academy drivers, you know, are taken very seriously. Uh, and they've been, you know, numerous and plenty. And in, including our, you know, our very own Santino Ferrucci and a few others have been picked up by uh, by the, them in the past. So, I mean, look, if, if Ferrari is paying attention to him, 
I mean, obviously the kid's got something going on, so uh, he's got to be some. He's going to be someone to watch. So let's go ahead and play the interview you did with Marcus Armstrong now. Okay, Speed City fans, I'm here with a man who definitely won the weekend here at Taupo Round Four of the Castrol Toyota Racing Series. He's Marcus Armstrong from Christchurch in New Zealand and puts himself right into contention again with a win in the feature race and a win in race one and another good result in race two. Uh, Marcus, not the perfect weekend, but not far off. It was a, uh, a very good weekend, as you said. Um, difficult, though. Uh, it may not have looked that way from the commentary box, but um, Jayhan uh, was always in my rearview mirror, so that's difficult when you're a driver out front. Um, it's difficult to uh, focus on the track ahead instead of the road behind you. So, uh, yeah, it was difficult, but I enjoyed it. Were you on the uh, radio with the team? Because when you've got a lead like that, you're, you're kind of controlling the race, and, you, you know, it's a double-edged sword. You don't want to push too hard, do you? No, absolutely. Uh, and I, I didn't push too hard. Um, in fact, I was very much within myself um, because, obviously, I had that um, that mistake in race one that cost me the win. Um, you know, I, I drove within myself, and I believed I, I had the speed. So it wasn't a true issue. Um, but M2 Competition did a fantastic job with the car and um, keeping me calm as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, big thank you to them. And it's been an interesting five weeks. Uh, you've had the gamut of emotions. You started off with a win, and you're winning again now in round four and with a chance of winning the overall thing uh, come next weekend. So um, I think you must be pleased with the way you've kept your head well. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what the championship looks like at the moment. Um, and as I said at the previous round, it's, it's going to be difficult to win the championship from from uh, a few issues we've had previously. Um, but we'll, we'll push for race wins, and that's exactly what we did this weekend, and I'm very happy with the outcome. I'm going to say you're part of the Driver Academy for Ferrari, and of course they want you to learn as much as you can. Uh, do you feel like you've grown in the last few weeks as a driver? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, after a few weeks have passed, um, after the series is complete, I will um, definitely realise what I've learnt. At the moment, uh, in the thick of it, you don't really think about it. Um, but for sure, in a month's time, I will be a lot better off. Finally, uh, to win the Denny Hill Memorial uh, Trophy, which of course, uh, the bear as they know him, uh, won in Argentina in 1974, um, must be a huge accolade. You're well aware as a Kiwi of just what he meant to motorsport in this country. So that must have been a special prize today. Yeah, and, and it's, it's special because uh, we had to work hard for it. Um, it was it was difficult conditions. I know it's sunny and hot, but the track temperature was well over 60 degrees, and, and that makes a well, that it's a very difficult situation to uh, be put in, uh, especially in a in a race car that goes as quick as this. So uh, yeah, it was difficult, um, and to have won the Denny Hill Memorial Trophy is obviously a, a big honour as well. Congratulations again. We'll see you at Manfield. Yeah, Jonathan, this guy's going to be obviously this kid is going to be fun to watch. I was just looking at the the press release where. He was uh, chosen for the uh, Ferrari Academy, and uh, at the same time, Enzo Fittipaldi. That name, yes. if that name sounds familiar. Then, yeah, yeah, is uh, he's the grandson of two-time world champion. En- Wait, Hammerson. say that name again. Yeah, Enzo. Yeah, I know yeah. Enzo. <laughs> I know sorry. Enzo Fittipaldi. Yeah, he's got a. Yeah, if he doesn't wind up on the podium, he is going to be <laughs> embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. In the next few years, we've got an opportunity to see PK. Fittipaldi and Schumacher all racing <laughs> yeah. at the highest level in, in single seaters. Seriously, Enzo Fittipaldi. I know, that's great. I, he's, he better come up and not have two left feet. <laughs> no, he's good. He's good. Yeah, I had to read that twice, too, Les. I was like, okay, that's, that was absolutely not an accident. So, 
Poor well, kid's got a target on his back already. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about a little bit of Formula One right now, guys. Uh, just a little bit? And uh, and just before we move on, just to make sure you know, the, uh, really the best place that I've found for the Toyota Racing Series is Motor Trend on Demand. Like, they've got all the races as they finish them up. They put them up there, and uh, it's a great place you to go catch them. You watched the first one, right? Yeah. I just watched it again this morning, actually. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> well, you know, and that was the same with Bathurst. Yep, that's there, true. Uh, I tell you, I'm I'm getting hooked on this motor turned on demand. Yep. Well, so I want to get you guys' take on this because, uh, you know, obviously we were so excited to hear about all the an American company buying Formula One and all this. But this is an interesting little side story that came out where Liberty Media has set aside four, is either 400 or $450 million aside for the teams to buy shares in the in this new regime of Formula One. And I want to start. Uh, let me start with you, Mr. Kaiser. What do you think about, you know, what if you're Gene Haas? If you're, you know, if you, do you? If I'm Gene Haas, if I'm Gene Haas, I'm seriously considering it. I'd need more details. I want to know uh, a lot of details. So voting rights, you know, when as a stockholder, you you know, if you're a big enough stockholder, you get a little more influence on votes and things like that. And so uh, there's a lot of things I'd like to know. Personally, I think it'd be pretty cool just to you know save up and buy one share of stock so I can frame it and put it on the wall and say, hey, <laughs> I'm an owner. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, I want to get your take on it, but I want to tease that because I want to go to the break first. We've got to get in these messages. Oh, uh, he gets to think about it for the entire break. <laughs> uh, I already warned him he was going to be asked this question. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get Jonathan's thoughts on the teams buying into Formula One, in Formula One. This is Speed City. We'll be back after these messages. license plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the drip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey. Because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, my name is Colette Davis, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to Speed City. When we left, we were talking about a story in Formula One. 
where Liberty Media, the new owners of Formula One, the new American team, American team, American company that owns Formula One, has made some uh, made some shares available for the teams to buy into Formula One, about four hundred plus million dollars worth. And I wanted to get your take on that, Mr. Jonathan Green. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think it's a bold maneuver, as is typically Libertier. Um, I mean, you know, they barely got their feet under the table and they're now offering shares. But shares in what? Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's been a structure in place for now 30, 40 years. Uh, you know, and, and just, you know, you mentioned Gene Haas, and I, and I agree with Les. You know, you, let, me, let me see the business plan. Um, they, they've given them six months to, to sign up, which is not a long time, especially when you figure that it's the Concord Agreement, which is what binds Formula One teams at the moment, doesn't expire until 2020. So really, and in fact, the, the best person I can give you as an example is, is um, Ferrari's head, Maccioni, said that the issue is not a question of financial investment. It's something we do for a living uh, in a very serious way. But becoming a non-voting shareholder in an entity which effectively keeps us trapped without knowledge of what's going to happen after 2021, after the Concord Agreement elapses, um, you know, it's something to look at. So I think that's the key here is six months months from now, do Liberty have the ability to let people like Ferrari, and let's face it, Ferrari have had the lion's share of, of the money from Formula One in the past, so I'd, I, I would have thought it's a very interesting prospect. I do think it's a good idea, and I think that the team should have a share uh, and be invested. Uh, I think that's a great business plan for Formula One to succeed in the future, but I think, um, yeah, I think I, I guess Liberty have got to lay out what they plan to do after 2021, uh, and that goes for the promoters and the track holders and uh, and so on and so forth. You know, I, I agree. You know, I, like I said, definitely got to have more clarity about what is what is what are my shares doing? You know, for me, I can invest in a lot of places. You know, is Formula One the right place? Well, it's a fun place to invest. I like that. But <laughs> truly, as a smart investor, you know, I I'd have to know I'm already invested in the sport heavily. You know, I think Jerry Jones investing in NFL. The, the, really, he doesn't mm-hmm. need to invest in NFL. He owns a team. He's that's his the business portion Hi. that he's got. And so, you know, it'd be great. You know, Mercedes might be likened to the Dallas Cowboy for brand power and and value, but uh, it's their own and they're in control of that piece. You know, with the exception of the regulations of NFL, for instance. So, I really don't know that I would buy Formula One shares as a team owner yeah it's interesting i as an outside investor it's a far more interesting prospect because you only have to look at the history of formula one and its rise and what it's made in the last few years and, and we all think that liberty is going to take it in a direction that hopefully will grow it further so as a as a, a financial as a financial investment prospect from an outsider who's had nothing to do with the sport um i think it's a very interesting prospect well, Jonathan, you mentioned Ferrari President CEO uh, Marchioni, and in this whole Liberty One, uh, Liberty Media story in Formula One, is that he came out. I think it was yesterday or day before. He he talked about what his expectations for Liberty and what they he wants them to do, and he's saying to quote him, he says, "I expect Liberty and Chase in particular to have a very clear understanding of the fact that the entertainment side needs to come back into play." In other words, he. 
you know, he's saying that they're losing audiences, they're decreasing audiences for a variety of reasons, but he's focusing on the entertainment side. And uh, to me, that that immediately plays right into what Coda did in 2016 is bringing Taylor Swift. And I think that yeah. that was looked at pretty favorably across the across the uh, the whole grid of teams, because when you get to 270,000 people show up, uh, they did something right. Absolutely. And, and you know what? Ferrari is a good example. You know, a Ferrari is a lifestyle. It's an aspiring product that maybe none of us may ever own. But the point is, we like to see it. We like to look at the cars um, because because it is aspirational. Um, so it's a lifestyle thing. And, and a lifestyle thing is sold through entertainment. Um, and so Formula One is just, um, you know, the races are, are just one aspect. Uh, you know, you've got Ferrari World and Abu Dhabi. You, you've got to look at this as a much bigger entity of how you – take the core which is the sport and then sell it as a lifestyle and an aspirational i want to be at that event so i can see those cars so i can be part of this lifestyle event yep and i think you're dead on with ferrari that's uh that's exactly the the aspirational and it is so brand driven and he wants to see that entertainment factor come back into play and and uh I think that makes sense. So, man, this is going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be fun to see, uh, in particular, next year how, you know, what subtle changes, because there's probably going to be some changes immediately that we see this year, and I just want to see how all that plays out. Can I throw a little bit of a a wrench? Not wrench, but can I throw a little rumor story in? I I like that. Talking of aspirational? (laughs) Yeah. How about McLaren and BMW? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, elaborate on Uh, that. Well, uh, it's it's a story I picked up on GrandPrix.com, which is a great site to to look at what's going on. They know what they're doing. They're right involved in Formula One, and evidently McLaren are developing a road car project engine with BMW. And of course, that's hit the alarm bells. It hasn't gone that well with Honda. Um, we'll see what happens this year. But down the road, could we be seeing a potential BMW-McLaren hookup uh, in getting BMW back into Formula One? Um, The timing would be perfect, given what you just said about Liberty. BMW are one of those ultimate driving machines, aspirational um, cars, just like Mercedes. So I think, you know, um, it's definitely worth taking seriously. And if they're going to be involved in um, a high-end sports car like the McLaren road car, then why not? You know, what is it with McLaren? I, I guess because they are a, a really amazing, cool, smaller company. But remember the Apple rumors. Remember that Apple was going to buy yeah. McLaren, and now it's BMW going to team up. I think it's because they're small enough to where, but they have such a, a, a really amazing brand. Well, McLaren, McLaren actually has a technology uh, business yeah. within it that's very different a lot of folks may not realize that that it's not just the cars that we all love here but there's a complete technology and information business uh, that ties to it so that piece makes sense to me when we talk about apple getting involved with it uh, you know i know folks kind of went astray and immediately thought it was going to be car related but uh, always kind of questioned that piece yeah well we just got a little bit of time left let's talk about motorcycles a little bit because there's been some motorcycles starting up in the MotoGP grid and 
a Nikki Hayden story. Let's start with that, Les. Hey, yeah. So uh, Nikki's got to be happy. Tomorrow he sees the 17 bike. You know, they've been testing pieces of it, but uh, tomorrow, in fact, it'll be online. Go to uh, worldsbk.com, and they'll have a uh, a debut of the bike there. So uh, I'm I'm stoked to see Nikki uh, finally getting that bike that was promised here. You know, he he came to World Superbike because Honda promised they would get him a, a fresh bike. And so, you know, we've been uh, anxiously awaiting on it, and uh, here it is. Jonathan, you think it's going to make a real good difference? You're absolutely right. I mean, this is what the whole deal was based on. Nicky wanted to get a new fresh start. He wanted to get his legacy. He's kind of been in the doldrums at MotoGP. He's been faithful to Honda uh, for so long, most of his career. And, uh, you know, I know the Hayden's pretty good. Earl and, and Roger as well are from the American Championship. And, and Nicky's whole sort of uh, legacy depends on on how good this Honda can be. And also for Honda in superbikes, you know, the CBR is probably one of the best sold motorcycles in the world and continues to be, you know, a go-to for most motorcycle riders on the road. Um, but um, they just haven't been competitive. They won a world championship quite a few years ago um, with the Tenkata team. Uh, and really, this is, this is a, you know, in terms of world superbikes, this is a big, big moment for Honda and for Nikki. Uh, they've got the rider. They've also got Stefan Bradl, who's also capable and a world champion himself. Um, I think this is, yeah, this is a big story for world superbikes next year. And I really hope that it all comes together and we get to see uh, Nikki doing what Nikki does best. Well, excellent. Well, we've got one more that you're going to like, Jonathan, and that uh, maybe is your namesake. It was raining in Hareth this week during testing. One particular Kawasaki rider uh, just just lit it up in the rain, had a great time. Uh, uh, Johnny Rhea, Johnny Ray, John, 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 John. how do you say it, Jonathan? Johnny Ray. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I interrupted it. Try it again. <laughs> Johnny Ray. There you go. So Johnny Ray was on fire in the rain, fastest of the pack. And, you know, that's a big thing to say. Not all of the big names were there, uh, but still great to see Kawasaki charging out in front in that kind of weather. And uh, Johnny Ray of all folks on it. Well, you know, the story I the, the story I want to talk about um, is uh, in MotoGP, and of course, like you say, John, everybody's testing. But the real name that really interests me in the testing is the one and only Casey Stoner, who I noted was slightly quicker than his fellow Desma Sedici rider, Jorge Lorenzo. <laughs> and Casey Stoner, of course, I mean, this is like, you know, you know how you have the heavyweight title fights, but one guy doesn't, like Holyfield doesn't fight, so therefore, does he really own the world championship? Is he a true world champion, you know? Or you have the Olympic swimming and Phelps isn't there, so really, was it a gold medal? Well, <laughs> this, is, this is how I feel about Casey stoner and i'm i just so hope that he's the final part of the puzzle you know if we could see lorenzo against stoner against marquez against um divisioso and vinales that would be the ultimate and i'm just hoping that they can coerce stoner to come back because he's the he's the he's the missing part of the current MotoGP model that needs to be there, and he's still quick. Well, okay. Well, I was just about to ask you. I was like, the way you were talking, wait a minute. Has he got a new pair of leathers? Has he got a new bike? What is up? All right. Yeah, we'd love to see him back, too. Definitely. 
He well, was fifth quickest, quicker than Hoy. Man, that's going to be fun to watch. Well, guys, we're out of time. And, of course, motorcycle racing is going to hit Coda early. we got Moto America. Uh, I don't have the date of the testing, but we'll look that up and see you talk about it soon. But it'll be uh, it'll be coming up pretty quick. And, of course, Moto America here with with uh, MotoGP in April. So we've got uh, – it'll be April 21st, 23rd. So it won't be long before we got motorcycles right here in Austin. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we gotta oh, yeah. we got to wrap it up. Check us out at SpeedCityBroadcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. we got lots of content out there all the time. Jonathan, have a good time for the last, last round down there at uh, Toyota Racing Series in New Zealand, buddy. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. See you soon. Travel all right. safe. Ciao, y'all. Watch it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.